Lives of TikTok founder Haya Raychik joins me to discuss her fight to protect kids from adults peddling sexual confusion. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Raychik and I will also expose China's role in the gender identity madness. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun, and the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltechWeapons.com. Can you give us a sense of how many classified documents we are now talking about total across all three locations? Sure. It's a good question. And, and actually, the answer to it is a little bit complicated because of this point that I'm making about the integrity of an ongoing Justice Department investigation. The Justice Department is going to be looking at all sorts of questions like that throughout their investigation. We want to be very, very careful to be respectful of the integrity of that investigation, to not speak too much about the underlying contents and materials, uh, especially things that we may not know all the answers. Let me ask you about the president's own words. He has said no regrets on this matter. What does he mean when he says no regrets? Sure. Well, I think it's really important to, to take the soundbite and understand the context. He was asked a question by a reporter about the disclosure publicly of this information. You know, I think that he was asked specifically, do you regret not disclosing this information to the public earlier? And I think that the answer, and he, of course, he said he had no regrets. And the answer is because he's been promptly, his team, his legal team, has been promptly disclosing information to the proper authorities as a part of an ongoing investigation. So, well, I mean, today, hi, today and obvious. Welcome to the syndicated radio program. Dana Lash here with you. And that's because they found more documents over the weekend. And I would imagine they're going to continue finding more and more documents, especially. Well, we knew there were going to be more. We knew there were going to be more. It's it's just I would. Where's the raid, though? Because they're because it sounds like he's not being it sounds like he's not being forthcoming with stuff. I mean, if they're still finding it, if they have people who are still finding all of this stuff, Means it hasn't, I guess he hasn't been working with the people he's supposed to be working with to make sure the stuff is turned over, right? I mean, it's kind of what it sounds like. So what's the deal? So welcome to the program. So glad to be back from the hellscape that is Vegas because it is, I, I actually hate going there. <laughs> I hate going there, but it's for a good event. And, you know, it is, it, it just is what it is. Uh, and we're, we're moving on to discuss all of the stuff that has happened while well, there's a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. Atlanta burned. Let's just run down the hits. Atlanta burned. Uh, there were more calls for investigations into the document scandal. More documents were found. Uh, we had a horrible tragedy that took place in California. We'll have all the updates about that as well. Uh, and we're going to talk to our friend Chris Chang about that. And then we have also Stephen Yates, who's going to be 
joining us later on in the program. But first and foremost, I mean, so now, I mean, where else are we going to find this stuff? I mean, seriously, where else? And I, I do we even know of what the what the new documents entail? Do we know? Oh, no. Do you have any idea? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Doesn't sound like we do. Doesn't sound like we do. I mean, I, I just this. I, 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 I. All we know is it has those classifications, those SCI classifications, and that's about it. This is way more, I will, I want to add, this is just way more than anything that we saw with Biden. Way more than anything we saw, or with, with Trump, rather. Way more. So, what's going to be the response from Corinne Jean-Pierre today at this White House press conference? What's going to be the response? Is she going to have one? Are we just not going to get any information about this? It's kind of hard for them to ignore it when... They're continuously uh, coming up with new documents. It's kind of hard to ignore that, don't you think? A little hard. So some of the things that we're, we'll come back to that. Some of the stuff that happened over the weekend as well. Uh, Monterey Park over the New Year celebration. Uh, this a man was at 72 year old. I was reading about some of the, the motives. It was really kind of hard to get uh, to the facts of the matter simply because the media immediately wanted to spin this as this is a, a, a tale of white supremacy and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, white supremacy and also we need gun control, et cetera, et cetera. And what it turned out was, you know, apparently there was this 72-year-old who was, and he, he taught lessons there, apparently. It was this ballroom. They were celebrating a New Year, Chinese New Year. And what was it? He was jealous. Is that what the story was? He was jealous and then opened fire and killed 10 people. And I'm not quite sure why anyone, including Gavin Newsom, was sitting here talking about gun law, considering the fact that that they have some of the strongest gun control laws in the country in California. And nobody, I also too noticed too, nobody waited to, as per usual, for the facts of the matter to come in. I mean, the only thing that that I saw was people immediately trying to uh, apportion blame and put this off on. Uh, law-abiding gun owners, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, is that even rifles are so strictly regulated. There's only certain rifles that you can get in California. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Caltech, for instance, has like a California modded uh, rifle. It's just because that's just, it's, it is, it is, they're so, they, they, they focus on the cosmetic and they don't actually focus on, you know, the issue of crime. It, I mean, really. So this issue, looking at this, you have, uh, the, the way that the media rushed into this was, and I, w- I was traveling, like I said, it was a working weekend. I have not had any time off. So it was a working weekend and was watching all of this. The immediate push from the, the press was that, oh my gosh, it's probably white supremacy. And I'm thinking, well, if it's white supremacy, then it's leftist, which is really, it's, I mean, that's kind of redundant as leftist anyway. Anything based around identity politics is leftist, but that's, you know, another discussion. But I thought, you know, it's probably when you're, when you're KKK Democrat armed clan friends, you know, the people have been discriminating against Asians entering, Asian Americans entering colleges and, and uh, things like Harvard, etc. I mean, you know, the stories we've only been talking about on this radio program for, you know, who knows how many years now. So that was my first thought. I'm like, well, if that's what y'all are going to say, let's look at your history because y'all have a horrible track record right now. But this individual, the, 
I, I mean, this, this, the, what do they call it? They're, they're referring to it as the Lunar New Year Massacre. But this individual comes in and it was a, it was described as being the domestic dispute in the beginning and escalated from there. And I think they're still obviously finding out more. But like everyone from the New Yorker and everything like, oh, there's this anti anti Asian violence in the Monterey Park shooting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He was Asian. I mean, I I don't know what to tell you, but it was an Asian man who was a who was found dead in a white van, and that was the suspect. And yes, there has been a massive increase in, in anti Asian sentiment in the United States from the left. The same people who run the institutions who think it's completely fine, like we just said, to just to immediately, you know, try to turn around and and say that all, just ignore all of that and say that, well, this is, it's because of the white supremacy. And they tried to, the way that they try, I saw some reports, they literally would refer to January 6th and then they would come back and, and do this. It just was just... I mean, it was just so unbelievably irresponsible that this was the thing that they were going off with. This is why you can't have legitimate reporting, fact-based reporting. It's why you can't have any of that stuff. It's just just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. So this is, I mean, this is where the media, I have a couple of really bad media malpractice stories too, by the way. But yeah, that individual who was involved in this taught lessons almost every night at that Star Ballroom studio. But people said he was always hostile. So I think that there's probably like another issue there. They said he was just absolutely always hostile and that he had apparently had problems with people there before. So, you know, that's, well, and maybe we can, maybe we'll get more information about it, or maybe the press is going to just bury it now that the individual doesn't fit the parameters of what they wanted the suspect to be. So there you have it. All right. So that's just, that's just some of the stuff that we're, we're looking at today. I also have a bunch of woke, right? Because the M&M's people stepped in it again. We're, I can't even believe we're talking about candy getting woke. The world is stupid. The, you know what? The sweet meteor of death needs to come and obliterate this hapless, hopeless rock into just a billion bitty pieces for the good of the galaxy. Everyone's like, Danny, you're a little, yeah, you know what? Because I've, I, you know, I've, I, look, it is the stupidity. Idiocracy makes us look like geniuses at this point. It really does. Then you have the riots. CNN claimed the second. Now, I told you I had more media malpractice. CNN claimed that the Atlanta riots are not nearly as violent. Oh, my gosh. Again. No, for real. They actually did that. Uh, they said that because you had people smashing windows and shooting fireworks at buildings. And they said, well, you know, it was David Peisner. He was on CNN with some chick named Pamela Brown. And he said that the only acts of violence that they saw were when police officers were apprehending the rioters as they were sitting, fu- setting fire to the city. And he, he was like, you know, they kept, words, they kept using words like violent. And the only violence against people that I saw were police tackling protesters. That's actually what he said. I can't even believe it. He actually said this is a real thing. We have this audio. This is a huge audio. It was all over the internet. Do we have it? Well, I think that there's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. Is property destruction violence? Um, to some people, it certainly is. Um, but uh, you know, th- this idea that breaking windows or, or or other acts of property destruction are the same as 
uh, actual violence against humans uh, is it, it, it's, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. Um, this is as bad as that Chiron that they had. The lower Chiron, remember when they said, yeah, it's mostly peaceful protests and there was like fire, literally. I mean, our friend Julio Rosas literally named his book after it. He really did. We shouldn't use the word violent to describe Antifa riots in Atlanta. They're literally burning stuff down, you know, and here's the kicker. So they were mad over what, what was it, a black suspect involved in, you know, and what was it, uh, uh, with the uh, officer involved shooting. So you had a bunch of white people who don't even live in Atlanta show up. That's what it was. You got to be kidding me. Friends, 2022 is history. Have you thought about what you'll do in 2023? How you will make it better than last year? Every new year is a new opportunity, so I have a great way for you to make the most of this one. This year, resolve to become a better educated American. And the good folks at Hillsdale College have made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. And my challenge to you is just take one of their fantastic courses. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, or study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many more to choose from, and all these self-paced free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. Visit Dana4FORHillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge and resolve to be a more educated American in 2023. Pick whichever course you like at Dana4Hillsdale.com and start your free online course today. That's Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up, this judge issues a restraining order on Illinois gun control law. This has to do with Pritzker. An Illinois judge granted a temporary restraining order blocking the enforcement of a law that banned everything that was just considered, you know, a semi-automatic modern sporting rifle. Pritzker signed the legislation, the Protect Communities Act, Illinois Communities Act, banning all semi-automatic rifles. They they didn't even define, I mean, like, in any way statutorily, high-capacity magazines and rapid fire. I mean, what is that even? I mean, it just you either hold this many rounds or you don't. That's it. So that... I mean, we knew that was going to come. This is going to be a slap fight in the courts. Pentagon's making plans for Speaker McCarthy to visit Taiwan sometime in the spring. This comes after he supported Pelosi's trip last year, uh, even though China had a tantrum that ended up being nothing, and they had these military drills everything else. Uh, a California woman has died. Now, okay, this is, remember the story that I had? This is not a Florida man story. It's a California story. What in the hell is up with women falling into storm drains? So this 20-year-old woman fell into a storm drain in, or- in an Orange County park, and firefighters were called uh, to the blaze in a drainage tunnel. They found her in cardiac arrest. The cops are probing the death, uh, but she was right outside of the drain's opening. That's sad, and I'm not going to lie if, you know, I told you I wasn't thinking of it. The film. That's literally how, that's where you lived. You lived in the storm drains. I'm not being weird. I'm just telling you that's exactly how that movie happened. New avalanche fears prevent a ground search for British actor Julian Sands. He's been missing in the San Gabriel Mountains for 10 days. Now, apparently, they had his iPhone. They pinged his iPhone. The last place they were able to get a location by pinging his iPhone was at the base of Mount Baldy. Really, because he's like a huge, uh, you know, he loves being outdoors. He loves going hiking. 
He's like hiked in the Alps. He's been everywhere to do this. So it's not like he's a newbie. He knows what he's doing. He's got the gear, but dang. So when he was there, that they had like a freak snowstorm that happened. And that ended up, that's, you know, they found his car covered in snow or a car, which I'm presuming was his. They towed it away. Um, but they've been looking for him. It's been 10 days now. And so it's making, obviously, it's making everybody, you know, his family and his friends incredibly nervous. But if you don't know who he is, he was in, like, long ago, he was in this room, this movie with uh, uh, Helena Bonham Carter called A Room with a View. But he was also that um, British doctor in arachnophobia with John Goodman. So that's Julian Sands. If you don't exactly know who he is, he's like a famous British actor. But um, it's crazy. And I never had pegged him as a guy, like, being outside like that. You know, it's weird. Uh, coming up, we're going to also be talking about this. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the IRS must be completely redone and a $1 trillion coin will not be minted to avoid the United States defaulting on its debts because we're hitting that debt ceiling and Congress has no idea what it is that they want to do. So that's kind of, that's the issue of it. Crazy. Yeah, I know. So we'll get into all of that because also, guess what? The IRS is going to be coming after your fantasy football winnings. That's yeah, I knew that'd make a lot of you mad. I hope a bunch of dudes just perked up, didn't you? You just now start paying attention. Yeah, because they're you're going to be under massive scrutiny now. Fantasy football commissioners are going to fall under scrutiny by the feds. They're going to crack down on Venmo payments that go to the winners. It's actually going to happen. Thanks, Biden. We're going to talk about a lot more coming up. Stick with us. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can now access them with Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't support your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Get free activation today with offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. Just visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. First of all, we have to, again, get Congress to act. I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, governors certainly are dealing with it on the front lines in a place like Arizona, but the reality is that the people in Washington, D.C., who walk around the halls of Congress need to do something. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Well, that's the one we wanted. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash with you. That's Kamala Harris. There's something missing that sounds incomplete. What is it that sounds incomplete from what she's saying there? So she said liberty and the pursuit of happiness. There's something missing there, though, right in the beginning. Hmm. Can I hear, just hear her little part right there again? What was that? Her little. First of all, we have to, again, get Congress to act. I can't emphasize that. Well, no, the other one. Promise we made yeah. Yeah. in the How Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Jeez. That we are each endowed with the right to mm-hmm. liberty and the pursuit of happiness. 
Oh wait, did she leave out life? That's kind of interesting. Why did she leave that out? Out of curiosity. I mean, when you're quoting, what does it say? The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Because one would, one would imagine that you would need to be alive in order to pursue happiness. See, here's the thing. I th- was thinking about this when I was looking at some of the stuff in Canada. Have you seen all the eugenic stuff that's happening up there? It's wild. I mean, people who just, you know, they, they feel like they don't want to be a burden on other people or, I mean, they are, they're even encouraged. I have so many stories. Like people who there, I was reading the story about this one, this is a veteran guy, veteran up in Canada. He needed to get uh, some kind of like, uh, you know, ear surgery, something like that. He was feeling like he was a burden. They were suggesting to him, well, maybe you should consider, you know, end of life. Like that's a, like that's a health option. That's the that's kind of part you know you the right to live you have the right to exist and now they it seems like she wants to erase that well I mean that was purposeful everybody knows this right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness if you don't even know that from memory you shouldn't be in government so I don't believe she's a dumb woman well I believe well no maybe actually I don't know I'm gonna be real I actually don't know uh it's it's one of the it's one of the, what do you, it, I don't know. I think she did she did that on purpose. I think she did that on purpose because she realized she was speaking to you know taxpayer funded uh, end of life care. It's eugenics. That's all. I mean, it's, it's 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 what it is. But that was done on purpose. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you can't have liberty and the and you can't pursue happiness if you're not alive. Can you imagine, like, stealth editing the Declaration of Independence because you're trying to accommodate the, uh, the Planned Parenthood people who are giving you money? Can you imagine that? It's kind of wild. It really is just, it's wild. And that was from her, her speech over the weekend, quoting the Declaration of Independence. That, to me, when you're, when you're that's, that, I think, is so incredibly significant. Because it is, you know, overall, that's ultimately what I think so much of this is about. It's control. And if you, these, if these individuals can now put the right to exist in the hands of government control, well, all the better. Man. All right. So later on in the program, we're going to talk to my friend Chris Chang. And he is a uh, competitive shooter. I mean, he was, he won top shot. He's, you know, he's been on the cover of recoil and super you know he's a just a sure shot and he lives in san francisco born and raised in la and he's going to be coming on a little bit to talk about some of the stuff with the what happened in monterey park california because i am still i'm looking at all my collection of headlines here i saw this last night and i just i just started going through yesterday not last night but yesterday going through and saving all these headlines all of the people who were promoting the fact that this was some kind of race-based, and I hate using this phrase, but what they used, quote-unquote hate crime. All crimes are hate crimes because there's no crime that isn't hateful. And so this perpetrator, when it was discovered that the perpetrator was 
an Asian American. And the initial local reporting that it had to do with a domestic thing, like his wife or something of that nature, it still really hasn't quelled a lot of the push that I've seen from the left about this being a a racial hatred. They went out, all the gun control people, all the gun control groups immediately went out to push this being a racial, racially motivated attack. All of them did that. All of them did that. That it's a, a, it's a racially motivated attack. All these, these talking heads and these New York Times, I look at a couple of New York Times writers. This is the right who instigated the rise in, in anti-Asian hate. Blank your guns. Oh, this is more MAGA race hatred. I mean, this is the stuff that they were saying. Like, I don't, I don't even know how that, how they even made that determination before any of the information was made public, but okay. And all of it was blamed on the right by leftists. And then law enforcement described the perpetrator as being an Asian American. Some people were wondering if it was... And initially, if it was any kind of, you know, gang warfare, although then it came out, it seems like it's a domestic incident. But it was an Asian male is how he was identified. Hmm. And then some of them are still pushing it. Because I guess, I don't know, if he commits a crime, is he is he white adjacent? I don't know. Is that how they determine this? Pretty much. I mean, this is how they speak. They do every single thing. This is how they start spinning every single thing. So you can say that it's, oh, it's it's widespread. It's not, clearly not, that's not an issue. And it's not an issue of gun control because California has some of the strongest gun control laws in the nation. They were the first to implement everything from ERPO to red flag. They were the first to do all of this. I just... And then maybe because it was, then it turned out and maybe it was a domestic incident. And he had worked there, apparently teaching classes, according to some of the reports. 72-year-old, it was reported, taught lessons there almost every single night. Huh. He was a dancer at the studio, the Star Ballroom Dance Studio, taught lessons. He'd lived five minutes away in San Gabriel Valley. His friend said he was hostile to a lot of people and believed that, I guess, people at this ballroom were saying evil things about him. His ex-wife revealed she had met him decades ago during a dance lesson, and then they were married. He had a little standoff with police, too, after he killed people. He was a truck driver. He had trans trucking for a couple of years. He relocated in 2013, had been in Los Angeles about, about 20 years. But they said that he was quick to anger. He didn't trust people. Sounds like he was abusive. His wife, whose identity wasn't revealed, said she was only, his ex-wife, said she was only married to him for a short time before he filed for divorce in 05. And he became easily angered at her when she messed up on choreography, lost interest in her. He sounds like a horribly abusive person, clearly. And he intended to kill more people. All of the victims were over the age of 50. 
And I was reading one of the headlines that talked about how one of the bystanders had intervened because this guy was in a jealous rage. The guy was the the killer was described as being in a quote jealous rage. And he had been, I guess, looking for his wife or his ex. And he said that he was in the lobby. It was late in the evening. And this was the the bystander who just happened to be there, a 26-year-old. And he's pictured actually in on CCTV intervening. And he said he was, he was, police sources said he was looking for his wife. And so the bystander said, you know, he watched him come in here, the door creak, he, he saw him come in, he burst through the doors, and by the way, his apparent, apparently pistol was illegally possessed, at least that's what one report came in, stated, and the bystander said, I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him or everyone else, there was going to be, there were going to be more, and so he ran at him and just, and hit him. And he said that he had never seen the guy before. He knew immediately what he was there to do because he said the guy was scanning the room for targets. So he immediately engaged. He said he wasn't there to rob us. And so he just was trying to get trying to get it away. And he he intervened and he prevented more people from being killed. And so I see all of these. I immediately started seeing a ton of gun control folks. Can you imagine, you know, oh my goodness, he he did this without a firearm. You don't need, and here's my question. How much easier would it have been had he won? How much easier would it have been had he won? And had he been used to using it, well-trained? You know, just a question. I mean, you, you kind of wonder if other individuals, you, that, and I think it's fair to, to wonder that, if it's fair to blame law-abiding people for something that a criminal does. Pretty remarkable story of this guy engaging. This is a horrible, horrible story, though. And here's the thing. People who are hell-bent on committing murder, that's a pretty serious offense. They're not going to care about a misdemeanor you know, trespass with a firearm and a gun-free zone. If people are seriously committed to committing murder, they don't care if they get a gun on the black market. And they don't even know, by the way, I'm still looking through all this stuff. They're, they haven't released fully how, he's got his, how he got his firearms. It was just reported by one local media outlet that the pistol he had was illegally obtained. So all of this... All of the division, all of this stuff inflamed on social media for the purpose of what? Nothing except to drive division. Especially, and then after all of this comes out, there was no hate. I mean, it was, a, it was a hate involved. And it was a crime, but it wasn't a hate crime the way that they were pushing it and presenting it for further division. Sickening. That's just such, such irresponsible media. It's so irresponsible. Now coming up, the riots. Because there's a lot, there's a lot to hit, <laughs> a lot to hit. Because it apparently seems. Remember how everyone's like, no, 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 we don't want to defund the police. We like the police. Well, apparently, I think the same people still don't like cops. At least that's what I'm gathering from all of this. So we've got that and a whole bunch more. 
Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, chapter and verse. Lots of good stuff. I have a bunch of good stuff coming out for you this week as well. And I wanted to share this with you. I just have this under clot shot on the, <laughs> I do. I just like the way it sounds. I just, this is a crazy story. India did not allow Pfizer's vaccine. Wait, let me rephrase that. India did not allow the Pfizer injections. Pfizer applied for a clearance apparently back in 2020, according to reports. And regulators demanded a local safety and immuno genicity study and those are apparently pretty common i am i'm told so all of the other foreign quote-unquote vaccine makers had conducted similar studies in india but reports are that pfizer had declined to do a local trial they wanted legal immunity and protection against injury which india refused now The United States provides legal immunity to these manufacturers. India does not have the law. And the newspaper, India-based newspaper, says they did not change their laws for Pfizer. This sentence stuck out to me, and I know this is kind of totally not in the topic, but this is an Indian publication. It's not The Guardian, which is British's Daily Guardian. It's, It's Indian. It says India does not have any such law, and we did not change our laws for Pfizer. I thought that was kind of interesting, the way that they worded that. It's just they kind of broke that fourth wall there for a second, so to speak. But they, the pharmaceutical manufacturers were apparently lobbying them to make that happen. And they were just like, we're not doing it. So Pfizer didn't go there. It's a very interesting thing to consider. They wanted legal immunity from any kind of injury related to the injection and India declined. Pretty significant, I think. Now, coming up, we have some wokery. You guys remember when M&Ms did the thing, you know, where they... I don't even know what they did. I mean, they. how many times have they tried to... I don't know. They've sexualized their candy. <sighs> I wake up and I'm like, why is M&M's trending? This is so stupid. And I look. And then they had this whole statement where they said they were sorry about having a spokes candy. And I don't exactly understand why. So they, now they said it's just going to be Maya Rudolph. They've hired Maya Rudolph to be their spokes candy. And now people are like, well, you know that she's, you know, a woman of color. Uh, her mother was Minnie Ripperton. Oh my gosh, Google that woman. That's who Mariah Carey, like, got her inspiration from. Anyway, long story short, they were saying, so are you saying that M&M's 
that just like women of color chocolate candies i mean i'm not even kidding like it is i am dying reading these comments i can't guys i can't it's monday there's not enough caffeine in the world to deal with that there's not there just isn't we're going to talk about it nonetheless so we got all of this to hit and my friend chris chang is going to join us he was born and raised in la he lives in san francisco he's a competitive shooter and he is all fired up over the Monterey Park shooting. He asked to come on and talk. So we're going to have him on here in a little bit. Stick with us. We got a lot more in store. More of the Dana Show coming up. Libs of TikTok founder Haya Raychik joins me to discuss her fight to protect kids from adults peddling sexual confusion. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Raychik and I will also expose China's role in the gender identity madness. Plus, I'll share my latest thoughts on Biden's classified document scandal and the predictable consequences of defunding the police in Seattle. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and, and everything we know about the Biden case is because of Biden cooperation. Every single right, thing we right. know about it. Um, what the hell did I just hear? Cooperation. So that was MSNBC Shakespearean uh, impresario, Lawrence O'Donnell, saying that everything that we know about the Biden docs is because he's, he is an angel, he's a saint. It's because he's cooperating. I'm not buying that. Are you buying that? Welcome back to the show. Second hour of the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. Sidebar. Whenever my voice is low, everybody always asks me if I'm sick. I'm not sick. I'm just tired and voice is a little, little weak. But can I be real with you for a second? I think it sounds way tougher. Can I just be honest? Like, I would so much rather honestly sound like this every day. It just sounds tougher, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, back to Lawrence O'Donnell here. He says everything we know about these documents is because of Biden's cooperation. No, I actually disagree. I wrote a piece on this last week. And really everything that we know about these documents is from Democrat oppo, Democrat operatives. That's all it is. It's all Democrat operatives. This is a Democrat operative fight. That's exactly what this is. So it's not because he's cooperating. If he was cooperating, what is he? I, I, we don't believe that because he had him in so many different places. And I think that they're just, they're working around him. He's, I just, I just don't think he's, he's with it. He's not cooperating. This is them saying, you know what? We're going to do this for you and we're going to force you out. That's what all this is. Yeah, they found more documents. Now even Democrats are becoming a little bit more critical of him. They originally, New York Times had a piece where they said that they thought initially that the, his lawyers believed that these documents went to that uh, Penn Biden Center think tank. They thought it was just there. They didn't think that they were anything else. They, they thought that it was just they, that they were there and nowhere else and that's all they had to worry about. And that's not the case. Clearly, they were several areas. So, I mean, I can, you know what? It also, here's another thing I was thinking of. It kind of seems like if this is what the Biden lawyers were saying that they believed, and this is what I'm getting from this New York Times piece, that they believed that these documents were only at the Penn Biden Center. And the DOJ is like, well, maybe let's just, 
it kind of signifies that maybe there's a little bit of, I don't know, there's a, a little friction there between the Biden lawyers and DOJ. Because clearly they're not buying it either. Because they found the, the Penn Biden, they were at the Penn Biden Center, and that's the one where they shared offices with the CCP. And they interviewed people who packed the documents. And they told the DOJ that apparently the Biden lawyers, according to the New York Times, told the DOJ that these documents are only going to be here at the Penn Biden Center. They're only here. The story at the New York Times, by the way, that I'm reading is Biden lawyers initially thought official files went to think tank only. Now, listen to this assist in the subhead. Like they're trying to get him, but yet somewhat hold their punches. The mistaken premise helps explain why nearly two months elapsed before Biden's lawyers searched the garage of his Delaware home for the classified records. Man, what a forgiving subhead, right? right. Who doggies? What a very forgiving subhead. I said that on the 20th, they told the DOJ about the documents marked classified in the garage. They searched other office areas. And November 14th is when Garland appointed uh, John Lausch there in Chicago. And it seems as though, like I said, this New York Times piece, it seems as though there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a rub there. I think it's because it's, it's there. This is those individuals in that department that are, that are wanting to push him out. But what I want to know is how they went from, okay, so the documents are at the Penn Biden Center and only the Penn Biden Center. And that's what, that is what they were, the the lawyers were pushing. Okay. So how did it go from there to them looking at other, immediately wanting to look at other places? What, what made them want to say, well, let's maybe look at your house and let's look at this. Was it Biden remembering something? Was it, I mean, how did, I really want to know how we got to that point. Because from what I'm reading, the New York Times, his lawyers were, le- were leading DOJ and everybody else, you know, from, from, from the beginning that, oh, they're only here in the Penn Biden Center. They're nowhere else. Well, clearly they, that wasn't true. Now, here's the other thing. The New York Times says that the documents at now, here's where it gets really now note this. The documents at Penn Biden were copies. And the originals Maybe be in the that might be in the National Archives. What I just mm, this is kind of interesting. Charlie Savage, who wrote this piece, says that once that was believed to be a material that might be useful to Mr. Biden for his post vice presidential career in public life or teaching, like his speeches and unclassified policy memos about topics in which he was interested. Those materials were initially shipped to two transition offices and then onto his office at Penn Biden when it opened in 2018. And so the National Archives and Records Administration would keep original copies. So, okay, so if, if included in this, because remember what did they say, commingling? Was that the phrase? Does that mean that he also copied classified documents? That seems to be a really... It seems to be a small piece that is hugely significant. So does that mean that, wow, I got some questions. You got questions? I got some questions. It means it kind of, if so, if they sent 
these classified documents, the originals, are they, are they copies or are they actual classified documents in the copies of this other stuff? Because that seems far less likely to, to be just a simple mistake. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how that doesn't sound like a simple mistake to me. That sounds like purposeful inclusion. And I love this hit this piece because Savage notes this too. Charlie Savage's piece in, in the New York Times. I know he notes this too. The Biden legal team invited the FBI to, to also search every room in the residence, including the bathrooms, bedrooms, and the utility room. Uh, yeah, it still sounds like that. I know that they're trying to say, oh, look, he was so cooperative. That's where they're getting, oh, he's so cooperative. But I think that there's still things that beg for questions. Like what? Was this in an, where were these, do, where were these, why were these documents there? How did they get in the garage? What, what was the difference between what, what set off the search for these documents in other areas beyond just Penn Biden? And were they actually, I mean, how in the world, here's the thing. We guys remember Sandy Berger. Let me go back to this for a minute. Cause this is where I hope someone asks this question at the white house press briefing. Because so CSI is literally like that's the top secret classification. And I I know that you can have classified. There's different levels of classified documents. And top secret is apparently like one of the top. And isn't there like a whole process, a whole procedure through which you have to go in order to read them? And you can't you can't actually take physical copies because Sandy Berger went to jail because Sandy Berger took physical copies that was, he was under Clinton. Remember that? He got, uh, he was fine. He removed actual top secret documents from the National Archives. Did he? And he like shoved it in his pants. Remember that? So, and that was in 2004. He had removed these classified documents that you go into this reading room and you can read them there and you can't take photos, you can't do any of that. And then, you leave them there and then you leave the room. There's like a whole thing on it. And apparently he was looking at classified copies of a report that Richard Clark had commissioned about the millennium. What is it? The, the uh, 2000 millennium attack. And they were, uh, Berger was accused of taking a copy in September. And then in October, he took four other copies and he shoved them into his socks and his pants, like the actual physical copies. Now these would be the ones that, like the ones that had the classifications that Biden had. So how, okay, how in the world? Remember, he can't declassify it. He was VP at the time. So how in the, how does that happen? That's my, that's my question. Please someone at the White House press conference today, because it's happening today. I hope someone answer, asks that question. I really want someone to ask that question because that's, I mean, that's a, I would love to know that. And how many total? Like, were they all the, were they all top secret? Was it, or some, we know some were top secret, were some confidential. And I just, I would, I want to know. How in the world did this happen? And then how do you, how do you, were there copies of it made? I mean, I just have so many questions. So that's the big thing that I was reading in this New York Times piece that I really kind of stood out. I'm like, wait, what? 
How do you, because I just go back to the Sandy Berger thing. Now, those were, you can't, you have to take those and those have to be in the reading room. That's like a whole thing. You have to have even the classification to get them and then to read them and you can't remove them. It's, it's punishable. And that was under Clinton. Hmm. I know. All right. So I have a couple of other things to get into because we're going to come back. To, I really can't wait for the, I hope, I hope Peter Ducey asks about that. I really do. All right. So. We have, oh, I know, I got to get moving, but I want to, I wanted to get into the M&M's thing. I swear to you, I am going to talk about that. Uh, we have the M&M's thing where they apparently stepped in it again. Uh, it's candy. Just make candy. I don't know why you have to sit here and, and, and virtue signal. They think that this is going to be like some, do they think that they're getting earned media? They think that's what that is, that it makes them look good and that it gets people talking about them because you're getting people talking about you in all the wrong ways. You're literally chocolate candy. You don't have to work real hard. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to work real hard to get people to like you. You're chocolate candy. Just be damn candy. Just make the candy. Put the candy out. Make people happy. You don't have to do all this other stuff. You don't have to virtue signal. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So the highest number ever. I'm, jeez. I'm like, my jaw's on the floor. Hold up. The highest number ever of illegal entrant encounters recorded in December. You want to guess, you, you want to hear what it was in December 22? What? 251,487. That's just That's December. That's more than Trump's full last year in office. That is just December of 2022. 40% increase. And they have the hard data. I mean, they've published all of it. It is an all-time high in any administration in the history of the United States. Holy wow. They said it was 251,487. That's how many times illegal entrants stopped along the Mexican border in December. Now, it was only up 7% from November. So, wow, just unbelievable. Uh, a lot coming from Ecuador and Peru as well. That's just, I mean, that's unbelievable. It's kind of hard to wrap your head. That's from Customs and Border Patrol on that. Uh, just, I know, jaw dropping. Uh, also, the uh, guns do save lives. An AR-15 was used to repel a home invasion. 30 rounds were fired. This was from Glen St. Mary, Florida. It was a group of home invaders. Uh, there were uh, people asleep inside of a mobile home. A Sunday morning, they heard a voice outside yell sheriff's office before the front door burst open. But it wasn't a sheriff's. It wasn't deputies and wasn't anybody from the sheriff's office. It was a masked, illegally armed criminal who fired off a single round before the two men stormed inside. Uh, and then uh, the people inside the mobile home, they uh, they emerged with uh, a handgun and one had an AR-15. And they repelled the the home invasion they said in fact one of them told police that he estimated he fired over 30 rounds they called 911 neither of them were hurt during the shooting one of the home invaders was died he later died from his wounds another was being treated a third was treated and released to police now there was last year a kid in Oklahoma using an AR15 to defend against multiple home invaders and by the way, when you have home invasions, it's typically, according to statistics from law enforcement, it's always typically more like 95% of the time, more than one person. We have a lot on the way. Chris Chang joins us to talk about Monterey Park. Stick with us. 
Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look what we just had today. So let's look at across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. Well, I don't quite understand that audio soundbite. I really don't. And there's been a lot of that in the wake of this horrific tragedy, what happened in Monterey, California. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. You can listen coast to coast uh, in one of the hundreds of markets near you. You can also watch the live stream, the simulcast of the radio program on YouTube, Facebook, or the first also. I, I have a lot of friends that were celebrating Lunar New Year over the over the weekend, and Knowing that and then hearing that this tragedy happened at a ballroom dance studio, which is one of the most unlikely places to ever hear of something like this, but also should be a, a, you know, a cautionary tale to you that you know, there's evil can happen anywhere is just that's, that there was a lot. It, it's a lot. And, you know, we're praying for everybody out there. My friend Chris Chang was was born and raised in L.A. and he lives in San Francisco now. And if you guys know, he's a competitive shooter, uh, Top Shot season four champ. He's got the book Shoot to Win Out. He's testified, I mean, before Congress uh, against gun control measures. And he's also on the board of directors for the for the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. And there was, you know, the, the media headlines that came out immediately saying that this was a hate crime, et cetera, et cetera, which I also I really think that when we dive into, yes, there is an increase in, in hate crime against Asian Americans. Uh, well, against crime, hate, all crimes, hate. But also, I doesn't it dissuade people from wanting to arm themselves and and defend themselves when you when you wrap that into this narrative of gun control. And I know Chris reached out and I'm so glad that he's joining us now via Skype. Chris, thanks so much for being on with us today. I mean, my gosh, this coming from your state in California, it's heartbreaking. I mean, start a lunar new year, ballroom, dance studio. People were celebrating, just having a good time. Just not the I mean, it's just it's shocking. And a 72 year old uh, murderer, 72 years old, and we're learning more about which, you know, we don't really say their names. Uh, we only say the names of the victims on, on, on air. But to learn more about the motive apparently was maybe a kind of a domestic issue. But 72 years old, evil can be anywhere. I kind of wanted to get your reaction initially to this. And, and then I wanted to get into, you know, just some of what we've been hearing from politicians and what can be done to prevent things like this. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dana. And what a tragedy! And you know, the the timing of this shooting is um, particularly notable and unfortunate. Right? Lunar New Year is a celebration. Right? It's a time to celebrate across multiple Asian uh, cultures. It, it's a it's a festive time, right? It's family and friends, you know, coming together to celebrate new beginnings, and it's an exciting time. For everyone and so to, to have this occasion marred by a mass shooting is um, just very emotional for for a lot of folks in the asian american community and you know like you mentioned you know the motive is still unknown and you know for me every time you know we see a mass shooting it really for me comes down to it's the, it's the mental health aspect right what caused this individual to go and commit this heinous crime. You know, most of the victims, unfortunately, are older. They're in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And, you know, for, for me, you know, crimes against, you know, the the old or the young are some of the most heinous crimes 
in, in any culture, any society. Um, and then, of course, the um, you know death by suicide, you know, that the uh, the path that the shooter ended up taking, you know, also kind of points to suicide prevention, uh, you know, efforts and initiatives that could have maybe been a successful intervention, right, in preventing this shooting. And so it's going to be interesting to see the facts, right, that unfold in the weeks and uh, and, and months in the aftermath of this uh, horrendous uh, uh, horrendous shooting. Yeah, and we were, we're talking with our friend Chris Chang. We, some of the information that we, we got from law enforcement early on was that, you know, despite, every, usually everyone immediately, I, I, like AR-15 immediately started trending on Twitter, but as it turned out, it was, he had a, a pistol that was not in keeping with California regulations, so it had an extended magazine. It wasn't with, it wasn't there, a part of their regulations, so technically, you know, it was, I don't like to say a legal gun, but it was, uh, illegally possessed. Uh, it was not following the restrictions for magazine capacity in California, which was one of the st- first states to pass it. And that coupled with the, what you just mentioned, the mental health aspect. So from the early reporting that we got of this, this murderer, he was described as being hostile to even his friends to the point where he apparently lost touch with almost everybody. And then kind of, it sounds like he became a loner and had some serious issues so there brings up, I, we don't know about his mental health history, but eh, it kind of sounds, I mean, just, you know, from, you know, a layman's perspective, it seems like this guy clearly had issues that have nothing to do with the firearm in which he was in illegal possession of. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're definitely going to see anti-gun politicians, you know, roll out some new gun control proposal. But the thing is, here in California, we have like the, the L.A. sheriff, uh, you know, quote at the beginning of the segment here noted, we have some of the strongest gun control measures in the country, yet they didn't prevent this type of massacre from happening. And so, you know, instead of focusing on gun control and guns, for me, this is really about focusing about focusing inward, right, around how did the community either miss the signs or how did they maybe they just didn't know how to provide the resources right for this individual and help prevent this from happening. And and so, right, instead of looking to government, right, as the solution, this very much needs to be a community focused solution. Right. So if I were a part of this community, you know, in Monterey Park, right, that was directly affected, I would be asking myself, what could I have done, right, to help intervene and or provide support to you know one option is the new national suicide prevention hotline it's very simple it's 988 right modeled after our 911 model so right now 988 doesn't matter if it's you having a mental health crisis or you know someone right that's having a crisis but you can get those professional resources and you can have Right. Tactics and strategies around how do you provide support, right, for those in need. So, right, this isn't just, you know, someone saying, oh, right, we need to focus on mental health. It's like, yes, and here's how you actually do it, right? You need to actually, right, contact 988 or mental health professionals and provide these troubled individuals with the help that they need before they have a chance to actually go commit heinous crimes like we saw in Monterey Park. Talking with our friend Chris Chang, uh, Top Shot Season 4 champion. Do you think that there, it feels I was having this conversation with a friend of mine just yesterday. Do you think that there is a hesitancy in people because of our 
you know, uh, the culture in this country. Well, don't don't get involved in people's business. Don't you know, don't tell people what to do. Don't annoy people. Do you think that there that that is contributing to this hesitancy that maybe maybe that's why, you know, after something horrific happens, you hear these reports of, well, this person was this or this person. Oh, we you know, this person had issues or was hostile or whatever, because I keep thinking, what is the what is the the hurdle keeping people uh, not to blame anybody, but but I think that it almost feels like there we're sort of like conditioned to not get involved because we don't want to be offensive. Do you, what is your take on that? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Dana. And so, right, we, you know, right, with, with our close friends and family, right, we we want to be engaged, but right, where is that line of intruding on someone's personal freedoms? Right. Versus, well, hey, like this person's acting strange. They're saying dangerous things. They're behaving strangely. Um, so it, it, it is a fine line. Let's be re- let's be very real. This is awkward. Right. It's an awkward and challenging conversation. Right. To broach with somebody who you care for and, and say, hey, you know, are you OK? Do you need help? Are you thinking of injuring yourself or other people? Like these are not normal questions. Right, that we ask of others in our society and within the Asian American culture, I think there is this other um, dynamic of of shame uh, and basically not wanting to associate yourself with people who are having mental health issues. Right. It's instead of positively swarming a troubled individual and trying to help them, there's often ostracization, right, to push them away to say, well, if, if we box them out, out of sight, out of mind, not my problem. I think that's, a you know, that can be a, a typical approach here in the Asian American community. I hope that's not what happened in this case. But yeah, we I think we need to just acknowledge the challenges around saying, well, this is a mental health issue. Well, look, it's not that easy as just saying, well, you know, we have to tackle this from a mental health perspective. I believe that is the correct approach but it's hard right so and this is going to take generations for for our country to get more comfortable right to opening up right to our friends and family and saying hey you know if 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 you're in need of of mental health services and if you own firearms for example you know one tactic available to all of us whether you own guns or not but if you have a friend in, in a mental health crisis and they own a firearm you can offer to temporarily hold their firearms, right? And say, hey, I'm willing to temporarily hold your firearms while you're in this mental health crisis. Once you're past the crisis, right? I'll, I'll you know, happily, right? Give your firearms back to you. This isn't the government coming in, right? This isn't a mental health professional. It's just you as a citizen, as a friend, can offer that service, right? To somebody that you know to just say, look, I'll hold your guns for you until you've uh, passed through your crisis. Would that make you in that would that get you in trouble if you did that in California? So here's the here's the that's interesting the ca- Oh, that's right? what aggravates me. They yeah. make it so hard for you to help people. So right, technically here in California, I can temporarily loan a firearm to somebody for up to 30 days. Mm. But if it's longer than 30 days, then we actually need to go do a, a private party transfer, right? That means going to a gun shop, yeah. filling out the forms, providing all the serial numbers, right? And paying money and then waiting and, you know, waiting period of 10 days for those firearms to 
officially transfer from someone else to me, for example. Right. So yeah, it's it's a hurdle, right? And it's also, there's a financial cost. And then when the guns are ready to go back to the original owner, we've got to do the whole process again, and right? Re-register and transfer the, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's who, who's going to follow those kind of laws if we're talking about trying to save someone's life or saving the lives of others, right? This is where gun control laws as well intentioned as many of them are, they're just not effective. And in this particular case, they would definitely absolutely get in the way of trying to prevent someone from doing harm with to others with their firearms if they wanted to do a temporary yeah. transfer of custodianship to someone else here in the state. That's a good point. Chris Chang, author, and of course, champion top shot season four and you have to go and uh, get his book if you haven't yet shoot to win and uh i know where's your website because i know they can find you on twitter at top shot chris yep yeah easy enough top shot chris.com is go. my website and, you know, all my handles on social media are at top shot chris excellent chris always so good to see you thank you so much for joining us today appreciate it on this issue god bless you thank you so my much pleasure all right take care we have more to come folks as we wrap up this second hour of our program he brought up a really good point about california uh, and that's incredibly important. Uh, and and there's there's a lot of there is a lot of help for folks out there. But also, you know, this individual nobody even knows how he got. Nobody even knows how that suspect got his firearms. So we're we're we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And we'll bring you any updates. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida man. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So first up here. I don't even know what this even means. A Florida woman um, kicks her boyfriend in the jimmies for not taking her to a strip club, and she is arrested. I don't know, man. By the way, this club is called Lookers. I just find that to be one of the funniest things I've ever read. So according to Lee County Sheriff's, the deputy responding to a physical domestic disturbance at uh, the... It was the... Oh, my gosh. I got to say the name of this club. It's naughty, N-A-U-T-I, the naughty parent tiki hut. That made my migraine go away right there. Naughty parent tiki club. Uh, he wanted, so So what happened was the girlfriend, the victim's 69. The girlfriend, who has too many names to list, is 61. She wanted to go to a nearby uh, strip club called Lookers. Lookers, L-O-O-K-E-R-S. A boyfriend whose name was withheld from the police report obtained by Miami Herald said it was his idea to go to their fa- favorite establishment where she started drinking and became abusive. He tried to leave. Uh, she didn't want to. She grabbed his neck with both hands in an attempt to choke him and kicked him in the jimmies. Now, when I'm looking at this woman, she's crazy. This woman's mug, she is crazy. So, yeah, so she's in trouble. She was arrested. You can't, you can't do that. I actually, you know what, good good for them arresting her. You can't just be doing something like that. He was trying to keep her under control. And uh, obviously that wasn't going to happen. Also, oh my gosh, I can't read that one. I'm not going to read that one either. Uh, Florida man was arrested, arrested, arrested for domestic battery over food. Mm-hmm. He's got crazy eyes too. He's a 44-year-old who looks like he's 69. A uh, man from Coral Springs was arrested during a following a domestic battery incident. Jason Michael Short was taken into custody, and uh, the victim has not been named. They got into a ver- verbal argument with over how he prepared her food. So he is alleged to have made the victim stand in a corner of the room during which time he continued to be verbally aggressive. Then he grabbed her by the throat all over food. 
So he's been, he's was released on a thousand dollar bond. Uh, he's in lots of trouble. I mean, over food, people argue over the goofiest things. Now, NPR has a story of a Florida woman who was arrested for killing her terminally ill husband at a Florida hospital. Now, if this was in Canada, she'd be celebrated as just giving an end of life. That's how it would be. This is in Daytona Beach, Florida. Authorities got an alert. She went in and shot him. He wanted her to end this. And so I guess she thought somehow she was going to go in and do it that way. I mean, what in the world? So he was going to try to do it himself, and she took over. It's sad and tragic, and also how? Stick with us. Third hour in store. At its heart, the issue is the same. Those documents should not have been in the personal possession of either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But what happened and followed from it is significantly different. Donald Trump defied those who knew the documents were in place, and, and ultimately led to involuntarily oh a gosh, court order and a search of his uh, Mar-a-Lago hotel. Oh my gosh! Why do you have to, to go down that? Because that's not even true. That's Dick Durbin. He lo- he's he's the Illinois senator. I don't I don't really have a that's lot of. And that's also a lie. Welcome back to the program. He can't say anything honest without having to do that. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our third hour. I have a really dumb woke story that I'm going to get to. But first, this this is not even accurate how can you say that trump was not working with people when you already had archive people there at mar-a-lago and they were working with them and they were taking stuff out and he had met with people on record and said anything that you need i'm here to help that's completely the opposite of what durbin is trying to fabricate here in this false characterization it's completely the opposite i can't stand these people who can't bring themselves to just say you know what biden did is wrong and it's bad without going but my trump but my Trump, every single time. But Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. I think Trump is more of like the quasi MacGuffin here because it's not really about him. It's just about something else. It's all about their re- absolute refusal to accept accountability. Because if they accept accountability, then they have to acknowledge limitations on their ruling authority. And that's not what they want to do. So that's they want to accept accountability. It has nothing to do with that. All these documents found in all these places. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, I need to get to this story. I have a couple things I want to hit. Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, is now deemed offensive to men who want to cosplay as women. Come on. Kane doesn't believe me, but it is. There's a Norwegian-based... It's a cult... Sorry, club. type Verbal typo, it stays. Called the Transcultural Mindfulness Alliance. And they say that The song, A Natural Woman, is offensive because it helps to perpetuate harmful anti-trans stereotypes. So just existing as a woman is now considered an anti-trans stereotype. Men who cosplay as women like this, these activists, these activists, they don't want to coexist with women. They want to erase them. They want to have, they don't want the song to exist in Norway. They want to pull it from streaming platforms too, like Spotify and Apple Music. So a bunch, of two, a bunch of dudes who want to cosplay as women are trying to cancel a hit song from a black woman. Let's just put this in the proper perspective, okay? Yeah, they said, I mean, you can't have anything that celebrates it. They want to claim everything. Go pound sand. Not going to happen. And they're Norwegian, so Kane, what does that tell you? They want to cancel the song about, from, from a black woman. I'm just going to lay that out there. You know, they're Norwegian, so... You know, I'm pretty sure. Just saying. 
So they said that they're requesting the song to be removed from Spotify and Apple Music. Bunch of Norwegian men. They said that, I mean, have you, they, they have, it, it seems like, it seems like parody and it's not. We are in the world where you can't distinguish what is or is not parody. And by the way, they're not the only ones. There's a group called Standing for Women. They want, they said that the song is misogynistic. So you got third wave feminist. I know, right? Or they, no, sorry. She said it was, she said that it was misogynistic. Other third wave feminists have said that the song is misogynistic. So Standing for Women says pulling the song is misogynistic. So you have third wave feminists going up against first and second waves. The third waves are the ones who allowed for this garbage with the cosplaying to exist. It is literally not. I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. So you can't be a woman. You have to be a birthing person or a pregnant person. Uh, Sky News Australia reported this as well as Daily Mail and New York Post. That's what I'm saying. It's not parody. This is an actual thing. It seems like it. I'm refusing to believe that it's real. Dude, I'm telling you. For my own sanity, I'm refusing to believe it's real. So I'm, I'm looking at like how there is literally nothing in here that is bad. I'm looking at, I mean, I know the song. She, the only thing you made me feel like a natural woman, woman. That's what's bad about this. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. The natural part. They're trying to reduce like women as being a choice and it's not. This is what I'm saying. You know why? I'm a, this is where is where's the smod? Yeah. I feel like that. Uh, where's smod? Where's smod at? Yes. Golly, I feel like that gif that you kind of see sometimes a Cary Cary Grant where he just goes, "Get out!" <laughs> I'm that right now. I can't stand this stuff anymore. This is so stupid. It is so ridiculous. I just can't. I can't deal. Why? It, and if they take that off, if they take that off Spotify and Apple, there. There's no way. I I keep thinking, what point am I going to get at when I actually do? Like I joke and I'll be like, I'm going to go out in the riot. Would I though? I think I would over this. Yeah. I mean, could I show up at their offices? I would join all the, all the, the standing for women folks who say it is misogynistic to demand that this be removed. It is. Man, this is what happens when people don't have hobbies, you know, like when. Everything is so automated that you have all this free time on your hands. And so instead of doing something good for the world, you just you you wedge your head up your backside. That's what we, all the automation didn't do anything but create more evil. I'm convinced remember, now. Do you remember a couple of years ago when they went after the baby is cold outside song and then everyone thought, oh, man, it's going to get canceled. But it turns out it got more listens on YouTube and mm-hmm. on Spotify than most mm-hmm. other songs when mm-hmm. it first came out. So I'm guessing that's what's going to happen here. They're going to try to cancel the song because, you know, natural woman apparently is offensive. But what will end up happening is there will be more views on YouTube and more uh, listens on Spotify mm-hmm. and then it'll backfire. Yeah, our friend Larry makes a good point. If they take it off Spotify and Apple, can we riot like in Atlanta? Oh, probably not. Can I just point out, just, and I know I mentioned this earlier, but can I just make the mention that of all the people who were arrested so far with all those violent riots, only, no, none of them were from Atlanta. And did you see them? They're all white socialists white trust fund socialists they go out they put their little black hoodies on 
and they go out and they tear up predominantly black-owned businesses and destroy predominantly black-owned communities while they say they're anti-fascist, which makes zero sense to me. But they, they, all, they all did that. Golly. I was looking at the mugshots of, of these, the people who were, who were arrested. I mean, didn't you saw it? They were all, I mean, they were all, I'm looking at a couple of different, they're none of them from Atlanta. This is how it was in Ferguson. The most people, like I'm looking at some of these people. You've got, like one of them, you have, I mean, they, they look like they're, they look, can I just be real? They look like rich Democrat kids. They look like their dads are the ones that uh, wear the coral slacks at the country club. And as a lawyer, I can get you out of anything. That's what it looks like. I mean, they have, oh my gosh. And they were the ones who were getting violent. One of them was, uh, oh yeah, one of them, Francis Carroll is the son of a multimillionaire from Maine. Yeah. Uh, Madeline Fiola is a transsexual writer. She went to school at Oberlin. What does that even mean? Uh, Looking at seven. I mean, they're all white people, all white socialists. They're white socialists burning down businesses in Atlanta. Hmm. It almost sounds like what Democrats did when they wore white robes back in. Just going to say. Just just call them new clan. Let's do it because that's what it is. And then they had I'm going to pull this up. You had uh, wasn't it a, a, a super rich Democrat. It was a top Democrats, quote unquote, non-binary son was one of those who was arrested. House of Minority Whip Catherine Clark of Massachusetts. The Jared Dell, 23 had spray-painted No Cop City and ACAB, which stands for All Cops Are. The other word, the other B word. No. Uh, He was arrested. People were screaming profanities, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He was placed under arrest and charged with assault by means of a dangerous weapon, destruction or injury of personal property and damage of property by graffiti tagging. He's going to be arraigned in Boston Municipal Court. Um, And... That Jared Dow, Catherine Clark said that, that that he was her daughter arrested. Isn't. Wait, I get really. See, this is where it gets confusing. Um, she sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so. I mean. Just saying. So Jared was arrested for assault at a violent, the violent riot. Just going to say. Just going to say. And Clark didn't actually condemn the violence either. Catherine Clark wrote, last night my daughter was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts. His name's Jared Dowell, and I guess he changed his name to Riley. So, just... Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Ma'am. Oh my gosh, I have something I so want to just add to that. Like, it would be such a great... Anyway, so, that's... Where's where are all the investigations that it's an insurrection? There was an insurrection in Atlanta, isn't that how that works? It's an insurrection. And CNN was saying, well, they're not nearly as violent. They're not super violent. All right, I want to play this. Out. Oh gosh, do I have time for three, or should I save it? Yeah, actually, you do. Okay, play this. We're gonna come back to this. This is Tom Hanks. 
on masks. Listen to this. I don't get it. (laughs) I, I simply do not get it. It is literally the least you can do. And if you want to, if anybody wants to build up an argument about doing the least they can do, I wouldn't trust them with a driver's license. I mean, when you drive a car, you got to obey speed speed uh, speed limits. You got to use your turn signal. You got to avoid hitting pedestrians. If you can't do those three things, then I get it. You shouldn't be driving a car. If you can't wear a mask and wash your hands and social distance, I, I don't understand. I I got no respect for you, man. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that the respect of somebody I wasn't seeking is being withheld over BS, but <laughs> I'm going to go cry my no masks. Laughs in freedom. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh, man, I've got so many headlines, I don't even know where to start. All right, so first up, this... Uh, failure rate of unionized workers, for, failure rate for Biden, faltering nationwide union membership. It's hit a record low rate. In fact, the proportion of wage and salary workers who are members of unions has dropped to this new low. This is from U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And they said that uh, university research put membership in 64 near 30 percent. Now it is 10.1 uh, percent and it's dropping still. It dropped from the, the year previous. I know. Man, I don't know. I did not. I did. This is like, I didn't even know Pokemon cards could be worth almost ten thousand five hundred dollars. But apparently, an original sealed copy of a Pokemon Yellow worth almost ten thousand five hundred was ruined by customs. Oh my gosh! And it was posted. They said that a friend of mine received the sealed and graded original copy of Pokemon Yellow. U.S. Customs broke the orig- acrylic case, ripped and discarded the seal, and sliced the front of the box off. I would, oh my gosh, and it's bad. They said that they're warning collectors about this stuff. Like, who does that? Somebody was just doing that to be a turd, man. Someone was just doing that just to just to do it. Cash-strapped Americans are putting off health care, according to a new Gallup poll. The percentage of Americans who say they are a family member delayed medical treatment due to costs rose 38% last year. Thanks, Biden. Young adults in particular, those in lower-income households, and women. Oh, my gosh. And even more alarming, a huge share of deferred treatment are for conditions that people describe as a, quote, very or somewhat serious condition. That's so sad uh, that people are well. And it's going to get worse because this is what inflation does. This is what, you know, tax taxation and no accountability for government spending. A 72 year old woman was killed when a Denny's sign fell on her car. Oh, my gosh. Isn't this, I think this, uh, what, Elizabethtown. They said three people were in the vehicle, two women and a man. They had to be removed and taken to the hospital. The 72-year-old did not make it. Uh, The other man and woman were taken to the hospital with seemingly non-life-threatening injuries. They said at the time that the sign fell, winds were gusting around 50 miles per hour in the surrounding region. And police say that this was the factor in i mean why the sign fell so oh my gosh now i'm scared now i'm gonna be worried about signs a dollar general self-checkout glitch left a customer in disbelief because they got a bizarre food item instead of change so apparently it was it was on tiktok and it was all they got uh, tomatoes for change pulled a handful of tomato cherries or cherry tomatoes out of a coin dispensing cup 
She was like, "What? You cannot make this up." They didn't explain it. Other people were amused. They 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 were ta- they were joking about the rising prices amid inflation. Stephen Yates next. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Look, the Chinese Communist Party presents the singular great threat from outside the country, and I had come to. Well, I don't know where that came from. We might as well just played it there if we're going to start it. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. As always, happy to be here to start the week out this Monday. And you can listen across the country or stream the simulcast on YouTube, Facebook, or the first as well. I saw the story on, let me pull this up. This is from New York Times. This is just literally from the other day. And this was, this was wild. There was another It's weird that I'm even saying another. There was another Chinese police station operating in Brooklyn that was uncovered a week ago. These outposts without any at all whatsoever, apparently like no jurisdiction, no diplomatic approval. And it is one of more than 100. It's reported. I mean, New York Times at least is reporting it. 100 around the world that are really kind of uh, unnerving some of these diplomats and intel agents and it said it was a very nondescript six-story office building on a busy street lists several mundane businesses on the directory an engineering company an acupuncturist and an accounting firm and then on the third floor it was unlisted it was entirely unlisted joining us on this and others our very good friend, Steve Yates, who this is his wheelhouse. He's a senior fellow and AFPI, America First Policy Institute, China Policy Initiative Chair. He's also former president of uh, Radio Free Asia. He joins us now on Skype. Stephen, this is crazy. In Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the, in Brooklyn, and, and, which was, as New York Times puts it, just discovered. No jurisdiction, no apparently diplomatic uh, authority, no awareness from our, how is that even possible? No awareness from our government. I mean, we have, we can like follow and find people who do unlawful parading at the Capitol, like from a couple of years ago on January 6th, but we can't find this, like CCP entities operating outposts to monitor people. What? T- tell us about because I don't even know how something like this can, I, I don't know how long it's been there, how it can even be here in the United States with nobody, our government not knowing. Well, then it all comes down to priorities and it comes down to your seriousness about what are real threats. I mean, if we have our national leadership telling our military that pronouns and the weather are the number one things they need to focus on, you can imagine how it filters down to law enforcement and others in states and cities where they've been told that they're part of the problem. Uh, And if you think after 9-11, all that we grappled with about how do you target extremists and and subversive activities within our own borders without getting branded racist or whatever else, uh, we just are at a similar inflection point with regard to the Chinese Communist Party where it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that they infected the world and stole trillions of dollars out of our economies. They're trying to subvert our institutions. And if you aren't telling and cooperating with local law enforcement, a member of which happens to be the new mayor of New York, uh, you'd think that there would be actually a good infrastructure to track this kind of stuff. But I think the short answer to your question is, if you're determined to not look for this stuff, 
you can't be surprised to be caught late with it already growing in your community. And it is incredibly aggressive, uh, the way that they behave. I was reading one account. Uh, they it, Scripps did an interview with one of the Chinese nationals that they were targeting. And they said that they act as though they're sort of this facilitator to help Chinese nationals in New York. But one of the uh, individuals, he has a, an attorney representing him, said that, no, 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 it's way more than that. Apparently they were trying to get... Uh, the, his client uh, to come back to China and they were threatening him on U.S. soil and they said that uh, the police in China texted him after he refused to return and said it was a picture. He says it was a picture of my daughter Cage and he was so frightened he stopped communicating with his family in China. I mean, what can the U.S. government do to to stop this? This is crazy. It is crazy, but not to belabor the point too much, but if what, what the Chinese Communist government is doing is essentially investigating and prosecuting wrong thing. But if we have a government that is also investigating and prosecuting wrong thing, it's hard to yeah. come up with real life strategies to clean out our own homeland and our cities on this uh, subject area. So first, we have to get America right. Uh, if we're going to have any hope of catching up with the insidious and malign influences of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, but what this should be is a real warning shot. And hopefully uh, the residents of these fine cities, I know our urban centers have been just bastions of peace, love and <laughs> rainbow worship in, the, in recent years. Yeah. But they need, if they can get a sense of security and purpose, it won't actually be hard to find. Because what these, these uh, unidentified police stations are doing is persecuting dissidents, persecuting people who don't think the right way about China and especially the People's Republic of China. They'll go after people who are religious worshipers, they'll go after them on if they're human rights dissidents, if they're people who fled from Hong Kong, if they're Taiwanese and think the wrong way about self-determination, or lunatic bald white guys that come on the Dana show who don't think the right way, they'll come after us too. And I'm really concerned about that last category. Yeah, I know. I mean, I hear, especially when they, they uh, hear that's very 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 dangerous uh this we're talking with our friend steve yates you can find him uh, on twitter at yates comms uh bbc reported too that in addition to china now you have russia and south africa apparently they had their military south africa's military announced they're going to hold hold joint naval drills with russia and china off its coast next month that's kind of a weird trifecta what's happening here it is, but I mean, if you just look at choke points for transportation and where you would want to move things, if you're trying to get around sanctions, you're trying to basically ensure that you have unfettered access. If you happen to need to go around Africa to Europe or Latin America, and for some reason your pathway through the Gulf is not going as well as previous, uh, this is this is China working options and trying to block off opportunities for the West or the civilized world if there is one left, to put pressure on them. Uh, so it's it's not quite the belt and road, but it's something like that to make the world safe for them. And and I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. And I but it seems weird that they're it almost seems as though they're it, they're it, how do I put it? Why would they need to do this if they're not getting froggy? That's the best way exactly. I can answer exactly. ask that question. <laughs> Exactly. You know what? Well, you know, if, if they're up to up, up up to only good things and just bringing peace and love and cheap product right. out into the world, 
then they wouldn't really be worried about their pathway to the market getting in the way. Uh, they obviously were very, very shell-shocked by what the world was threatening to do to Russia uh, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And they're very focused on avoiding the ability of the West to do the same to them. Uh, and so that's clearly the prep mode they've gotten into. Uh, and it's, it will shock no one to realize they know that they're up to no good. They know they let the virus out to the world. They know they're trying to let a virus out into the world again. They know that they've been engaging in intellectual property theft. They know that they're manipulating our markets. They know that they're selling arms to the Russians to be used against the Ukrainians on the West's number one topic of talk. And so, I mean, they know what they're doing. Mm, yeah, I and and with this because I keep seeing. Well, how should the West respond? How should the West respond? And uh, I I have seen a number of governors take um, more and more Republican governors take some moves to ban the purchase of of land from Chinese nationals, especially because it's you know they're kind of at that point they're pretty much affiliated with the CCP. Uh, that's a that's a good that's a good first step, and and especially when you consider where some of the purchases are located. I know there's a number of you know reports about how some might be near this installation or not. Um, I, I think that's that's especially considering how they operate and how it can be a national security issue. I think that that's perfectly acceptable. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I firmly believe that the America First approach to this stuff needs to build from the grassroots up. Uh, you and I and a lot of your audience probably are fed up waiting for Washington to get things right. There's glimmers of hope here or there that there might be an adjustment on China policy. But let's go ahead and take the wins at the grassroots and state level up. Uh, there's the governor of Florida, the governor of South Dakota, governor of lots of other states are putting forward processes to scrutinize trade and investment. And first and foremost, uh, my colleagues and I would assert that no foreign entity has a right to property in the United States. It's a privilege. Right. Uh, and so the, no, there not, need not be any kind of uh, sort of criticism about, well, how is it un how is this fair or unfair? Fair is American citizens having access to American land uh, and everything else is just a privilege. Now, we want trade. We want investment. That's good for life generally. But the Communist Party of China is not like everybody else. And so uh, I think we've got a groundswell at the state level. I'll be going to South Dakota next week to talk to the governor there about her plans to put a, a, a series of policy roadblocks in place to scrutinize any kind of economic dealing with bad actors, but especially on ag land with mm. China, North Korea, Russia, Venezuela, other fun folks out in the world. And I encourage other governors to do more of the same. Yeah, that and that's and it seems like that that's a, a great move for them to do. I mean, it's within their purview to do. And I, I hope that other Republican governors also follow uh, follow that path. One last question for you talking with Steve Yates. This Wall Street Journal hit this morning. Uh, there were two headlines that I saw. One had to do with the rate at which we would need to replenish uh, what uh, our munitions, our military stocks, because we've apparently given a lot to Ukraine. Wall Street Journal says U.S. weapons industry unprepared for a China conflict because the war in Ukraine is highlighting the inability of U.S. arms companies to replenish uh, military stock and maybe kind of offset some of the things we've been sending. Your last thought on this issue. Again, this comes down to priorities. Uh, obviously, our government has not placed a priority on having a sufficient stockpile of munitions. Uh, you would think that if we encourage people to stock up on some kind of a supply of food, that our government, that a limited government that's meant to provide common defense, 
would think about stockpiling and not giving away our national uh, national supply uh, that's needed to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but it gets back to the core philosophy of this Ukraine conflict. I, I support people who want to support Ukraine defending itself, but the Europeans got to step up. They should be tapping out on this, not America. Exactly. Uh, and, and so this this has got to be one of those things where the narrative changes and reality changes, but it's going to take some time. And it's extremely disappointing to see this stuff because it's a dereliction of national leadership duty. Amen to that. Stephen Yates at Yates Comms on Twitter. Always a pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time Thanks, with us Dana. today, Take as care. always. Of course. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at chapter and verse Substack over there. Make sure you uh, go in. There's all kinds of good stuff going out there, and I have more to come. I'll be on Jesse Waters' program tonight, too, in the 6 p.m. Central hour. And all kinds of, there you go, all kinds of good stuff. So you don't want to miss it. Now, in the meantime, I know you're saving that for today in stupidity, Kane. So I'm not going to. You what? can still play it if you want. No, because you're saving it. It's so ridiculous. I was listening to it, and I'm like, I can't. I just can't. I will play this real quick. Audio soundbite, too, because we have the, we're, we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. Uh, Florida just leveled up under the DeSantis administration. They're not taking the, the CRT in the schools. They're not. I mean, they're going after every bit of it. And listen to this. This is from, this is KJP, last presser. Uh, the White House have concerns about this action by the DeSantis administration. So first of all, I want to be very clear. The administration does not dictate uh, any curriculum for local schools. That is not something uh, that we do here. But there is something that we do want to comment. It is, um, it is in, in, incomprehensible that uh, to see that uh, this is what uh, this ban or this block, to be more specific, uh, that DeSantis has put forward. If you think about the study of black Americans, that is what he wants to block. Uh, and, That's literally and, not even again, at all These accurate. types of actions aren't new. They are not new from, from what we're seeing, especially from Florida, sadly. Florida currently bans teachers uh, from, take, from talking about who they are and who they love. Well, that's not true. That is that what? No, you can't talk about, you know, doing your significant other in the classroom. I mean, if that makes you upset, then maybe you should be, I don't know, not in a classroom. That's what this is about. You can't he sit here and like and talk to other people's kids about how you have sex. Don't be a freak. Don't do that. They're not your kids. You, you know, just because you decided to go into teaching doesn't mean that you're God's gift to the world. You're there to partner with parents and educate kids. That doesn't mean they're, they're your kids, and it doesn't mean that you have the authority to sit here and shove into their small, impressionable minds whatever it is that you want to put in there. If you, if you disagree with that, then maybe the profession's not for you. Not everything is about you. Gemini Christmas. And that's not, even what this, that's not even what this does. I'm so done with it. They're not doing anything. You can't, you can't read about uh, graphic sex in school. You can't read about CRT and based on non-academic nor even accurate revisionist history that teaches cultural Marxism through critical race theory. The Derrick Bell study. You can't do that because it's A, not even accurate, and B, it's illiberal and non-academic. 
So either you're into education or you're into, I don't know. Golly. All right, today's stupidity. Let me have it, this audio. Well, it's our vice president, who's known for her word salad with croutons. Uh, This one, she's explaining uh, to us water policy, policies that Democrats have ignored. But listen to what she says here. Particular in dealing with the various issues that are present when we look at the climate crisis, Mm -hmm. thinking about water policy, uh, diversifying water policy, understanding that we must have the ability to diversify our approach and our and the resources what does that mean? to everything from what we do in terms of uh, conservation to recycling desalination and desalination water. well you know you guys blocked that and democrats blocked that in california that. <laughs> the way the way water works by kamala harris Folks, I will be back behind the mic with you tomorrow. Catch me on Jesse Waters tonight, 6 p.m. Central Hour.